0: welcome back to the red Eye Stories rpg podcast with john and hannah hi and for this friend or foe friday we're going to be talking about a suggestion that was given to us by joe richter of the hindsightless podcast thanks very much for that joe and joe suggested that we might like to look at the fey creatures known as red caps so that's what we're gonna do okay so it actually took us a little bit of searching to find red caps in terms of the, the actual games you know D, because we normally like to start off by talking what the creatures are like in DD, both more recent editions and older editions and then sort of head on into mythology and inspiration of that but we actually had to go to the volo's guide to monsters in fifth edition and monster manual three in DD 3.5 to find a mention of redcaps there may be a mention of them in d second edition but certainly there isn't in the main monster manual and i don't have a vast library of ADD stuff with which to consult but if you know where the redcaps are and you've got any further information feel free to call in and let us know so love you've got the monster manual 3 there from DD
1: 3.5 what does that say about redcaps so red caps are the most evil thing you're ever likely to meet Uh, it gives you a description of a red cap, short guy hunched over, scary teeth, looks like a tough old man, on their heads they've got a bright red hat which is wet with their victim's blood and they have a certain amount of time before that cap will dry out, if it dries out they'll die, so they have to go and keep killing people and dipping their hats the blood.
0: I was going to say that ties in pretty much with the description of the red cap from Volo's Guide to Monsters for 5th edition there are homicidal fey creatures that look like wizened old men with sharp implements, wearing sort of iron boots, although they look more like new rocks in the uh, 5th edition picture and as Hannah said they have their hats soaked in the blood of their enemies, however in 5th edition they've added this thing in where these creatures are tied in with the fey wild which obviously came into prominence Mm -hmm. in 4th edition fifth edition and in fifth edition they can actually be created when a sentient creature acts on an intense desire for bloodshed if they kill somebody or a number of people and where the blood is shed red caps might be spawned and they appear as like little red mushrooms which is like Mm -hmm. their caps poking out of the ground and when moonlight shines on them these sort of wizened gnomish creatures spring up and as hannah was saying they have to keep their hoods wet with blood otherwise according to fifth edition they just cease to exist
1: now in third ed they reproduce by budding it specifically says that they're asexual and reproduce by budding so they've still got a sort of plant theme going you know? yeah so it happens once or twice in their life and they basically develop like a hump on their back that becomes a wart drops off sprouts their head and legs and uh, grows to full size within a year. Um, and They sound quite nasty actually. Uh, we've got Young Red Cap and Elder Red Cap listed here. I don't know if you've got two different varieties. No. Or does it work that way for 5th?
0: No, I, I, I know in 3.5 like the more they kill like the harder they get basically the more hit dice they get. That doesn't seem to be the case in 5th edition we've just got like the one set of stats for them but obviously you could sort of upscale them if you wanted
1: to. Mm-hmm. You've also got the advancement notes on this for if you did want to have a Red Cap as like a recurring character. Uh, I think, yeah, the, there's also a really strange bit in here about Red Cap superstitions, uh, right. which is very second-ed, and I wonder if that's a holdover from something in an earlier edition.
0: Mm, what's it the um,
1: So they believe rivers contain water spirits that can snatch their souls, so they only believe... Only bathe in still water. Odd little superstition. Fair enough. They're dubious of even-numbered quantities and always travel in odd-numbered groups. No red cap will ever carry an even number of coins in its pouch. Now that just strikes me as being one of those things that's left over from somebody's second ed game where they out, or somebody's like pre-first ed game even where they outsmarted the red cap by paying it an even amount of coins so that it'd have an odd number of coins so that it'd be an even number of coins or something like that. I think, like I think that.
0: there's possibly a bit of that but obviously we've, we've got to consider as well that this is like Monster Manual 3 so it's the third Monster Manual they've done if mm. you look at it, the red cap's in, in 3.5 they've got like a double page spread so i think maybe they needed something to fill in a little bit of the space indeed whereas in fifth edition it's just one page you've got a little picture and the stat block taking up one column and you've got like the special abilities taking up the other column so it's nice and
1: compact there's also a nice little thing on here when a red cap dies it leaves behind a single tooth anyone wearing this tooth gains plus two circumstance bonus on charisma checks when dealing with fey and plus four when dealing with other red caps that's quite a handy little bit of kit if you were able to pick one up in game
0: now it doesn't say anything specifically about what happens when red caps die in here it does say that if they don't replenish their blood once every three mm. days they just vanish as though they've never existed so whether when you kill them they just vanish i suppose that's up to the individual gm really Mm. yeah it's quite an interesting idea
1: though also third ed always nice to have those quick little descriptions for the official campaign settings so you've got a bit of red caps in eberron which is basically just saying "Oh, the dwarves in eberron don't like them and they live in these mountains these mountains and red caps in Faerûn and how they're nuisances to the halflings of lurien just a nice little thing that's in the third ed book that isn't in the second ed or the fifth
0: yeah i mean i think there's They've definitely tried to sort of like push specific campaign settings less yeah i mean even though this is volo's guide and volo is associated with the forgotten realms and favor and they've tried to make things a bit more sort of general purpose in fifth edition which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing you know because it means you can easily drop it into your campaigns but i've got i do like those little sort of like oh here's
1: some ideas for different campaign settings that you can use So the other book that we've got that includes Red Caps is Changeling the Dreaming. And John, you've played this a lot more than me, so do you want to tell us about Red Caps in Changeling? Yeah, no problems. Okay, so
0: if you're not familiar with it, Changing the Dreaming is one of the sort of original World of Darkness books, or whatever they're calling it now. I They're calling it Old World of Darkness, but whatever. And it was always one that stuck out to me as being slightly at odds with the, the feeling of the other World of Darkness games, whereas the other ones tend to be sort of Very sort of run down, and everything's dark and depressing. Your blood sucking creatures of the night, your werewolves struggling against a world that's spiraling into chaos. In Changing the Dreaming, you played these creatures who were sort of in tune with the last sparks of imagination that were present in the world, and you could see into this chimerical realm of dream and imagination creatures. And although you looked like humans, you had a fairy seeming, which was your sort of fae self. Now, in this game, red caps were one of the fairy types that you can play they're described as the stuff of nightmares they're supposed to be vulgar and disgusting and many of the kithain as they were called the the fairies believe that red caps are actually nightmares given form they tend to associate with mortal gangs and any people who achieve their aims by violence and terror now unlike trolls which are also available in the game who were like your honorable sort of warriors and your stout sort of defenders red caps were just out and out sort of violent psychopaths obviously mostly linked with the unseelie court no surprises there apparently there were there were supposed to be some seelie red caps but they were quite rare uh, but they were despised by their unseelie brethren and hunted down so no wonder they are rare to be honest the description of them is that redcaps tend towards stocky build with greyish mottled skin and the thick bandy legs even sealy redcaps have horrid bloodshot eyes, skeletal noses and rubbery wrinkled faces worst of all are their ghoulish mouths filled with yellow crooked flat teeth used for grinding and ripping one of the odd things about this is that even though they're called red caps there's no real mention of the red cap and the picture doesn't have the red cap wearing a red cap so that's a little bit weird but they their abilities related to like eating things and inflicting violence on things and intimidation so they were thoroughly unpleasant fellows okay so as well as our various role play books we've also done a bit of research online and in our non-roleplay reference material so if you look at the wikipedia page for redcap it describes them as a type of malevolent murderous goblins and says that they're often found in border folklore so mainly on the sort of anglo scottish border especially where like battles or there were deeds of tyranny or wicked acts were performed and it also says that being known for dipping their caps in the blood of victims red cap which is sometimes described as a species sometimes described as a singular person was also known as red comb or bloody cap for obvious reasons the description given is a short thick set old man with long prominent teeth skinny fingers talons like eagles large eyes of fiery red grizzly hair iron boots some sort of staff in his hand and a red cap on his head so we can see there are various different elements that have been pulled out for from the sort of popular mythology for D&D and other games although as we said when we were talking about Changing the Dreaming they each tend to select the, the characteristics that are most appealing for their games so in 5th edition where you're going for your sort of goblin fae type creature that's going to oppose the characters they've got the big iron boots sharp weapons fangs the bloody cap etc in Changing the Dreaming where they were available as a player option they've still got the teeth and they've got the claws but the bloody cap's nowhere to be seen so to cut a long story short in various uh, folklore the red cap is described alternatively as like a dwarf a gnome or a small goblin a tiny stunted man and they're always associated with violent death conflict and obviously blood now love you've been looking at our copy of law of the land what does it say in there about red caps
1: so it has a legend from Northamptonshire oh, right, okay. in 1851, which is a story that I have heard many times before, but I've always heard it as being a leprechaun, All right. uh, which is three brothers who've poached some of the king's deer and the uh, red cap keeps coming and asking them for some broth and the first two brothers refuse it but then the third brother, because he's the wise young brother knows that if he catches the red cap the red cap will give him some treasure so he does OK <laughs> <laughs> You no, know, it, it's one of those old folk stories um, yeah, yeah. It's then got a list of like other places where similar stories are told uh, Rockingham, Barnhill, Stamford, Kettering, Duttington um, um... But this describes it as the red man or red cat. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's red man, like it's a social designation. All oh, right, okay. You so know, I, I'm not quite so sure. something like what, a slur for a particular ethnicity. Yeah, or we're something. 1851. It might actually be red man. In which case, it might just be that the law of the land's getting a bit mixed up there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's difficult whenever you sort of
0: start delving back into these things mm. because you tend to find that a lot of s- similar sort of creatures exist and they often get confused or the characteristics are taken from one and pulled into another so what did the uh, what did our big encyclopedia of myths and legends say about redcaps? Redcap,
1: red cap a malevolent castle goblin he is said to dye his cap in human blood well, I mean,
0: obviously that's That's, a, that, that's a brief description, <laughs> but it's actually quite interesting So I'm looking on the Wikipedia page now and it's describing a man by the name of Lord William Dussault, who was Lord of Liddesdale and Butler of Scotland, a, Scot- a Scottish border noble during the War of Scottish Independence. And in the, the Redcap page, it describes him as having a familiar, so you know, like a, a sorceress helper called Robin Redcap who was said to have wrought much harm and ruin on the lands of his master's dwelling, Hermitage Castle. Ultimately, William was, according to legend, taken to the Nine Stain Rig, a stone circle near the castle, wrapped in lead and boiled to death. Mm. In reality, he was actually imprisoned in Dumbarton Castle, and he died there following his confessed complicity and conspiracy against Robert the Bruce in thirteen. 13- 20 but there we go again we've got that idea of the sort of border place you know where violent acts have been Mm. inflicted but also we see the first link between red caps and sorcery which i could sort of see how that might Mm. lead into the whole idea of them being fey you know there was often supposed to be a lot of mythology about fey
1: sorcerers communing with
0: fey and getting in touch with other realms and stuff like that
1: it does rather make me wonder whether red cap is actually a euphemism for ginger since we're talking about the uh between scotland and england conflicts it's it's quite impossible i suppose Um, obviously it's quite difficult sometimes when we come up against things when we're looking at the origins of real world myths because yeah quite often um we do come up against this whole oh turns out it was actually just british people being racist there's not really fairies or even some like old myths of fairies it was just British people being racist. Sorry about that, guys. We, we do try our best to at least be honest about it when we find this stuff out.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, um, so so that's a, a little bit of a sort of delve into some of the myths surrounding Red caps. So in terms of how you could potentially use them in a more interesting way in the game, I think a, a great place to start would be the 5th the edition idea that they sort of spring out of the ground like mushrooms when like, a dark deed's been performed.
1: Absolutely, I could see that making for a fantastic like one-off character Campaign in the sort of Gremlins critters style, yeah. where you've got like, oh, a serial killer did a murder in the house, and then the family move in, or something happened in the frat house, and then the kids yeah. are getting chased around, or cabin in the woods. You well, know. Well,
0: it's quite, it's quite a sort of tried and tested formula in sort of myths and legends. You know that when someone commits a crime, the the evidence of their misdeed comes back to haunt them. Um, obviously, we've got Edgar Allan Poe, uh, various mm-hmm. other legends throughout time, but. I could see the red caps being used for that role. I mean, in, I think it's in fifth edition it describes that some red caps have like a link with the the person who led to their creation and some of them try and hunt them down and kill them as the first victim absolutely others actually just follow them around hoping they're going to do more murder and they yeah. can help with it yeah so
1: either way that's an interesting thing to do if one of your players has gone a bit overboard on the npcs you know how many hit points for the farmer
0: yeah and i mean <laughs> I, I think it could be quite interesting as well is obviously you could do the whole thing of like you've got like a murder hobo pc who's like murdering everyone left right and center for that sweet sweet xp and then you have a red cap show up and try and kill him because he's created the red cap but i think it'd be just as interesting because it describes like if a lot of people are killed sometimes more than one of them springs up i think it could be just as interesting having a group of red caps spawned by a player character turn up and actually be quite friendly to the player character Mm -hmm. however everywhere the player goes they're going to be wanting to murder people yeah which even if you look at it from if you ignore the repugnant sort of social aspect of it the player's going to get annoyed with that because the player's not getting any XP for the people that the Red Cap are murdering and also if they think it's bad when well, the player character occasionally murders someone and they get the city guard on the case imagine what it's going to be like when they've got like a small unit of Red Caps following around and just like murdering everyone who have to everyone. kill
1: somebody every few days or they'll die themselves yeah. and, how,
0: and how many times is it going to be when the players go up to an NPC to talk to them maybe they're going into a tavern and they're just like "I oh, can I have a drink Red Cap leaps out and behind and murders the tavern keeper how many times is that gonna happen before the player character gets really annoyed with that. I don't think it's many to be honest. And then you've also got the interesting idea of how do they deal with that because the red caps that they're, they're quite tasty, so they could be quite useful in certain circumstances, but is it worth the price you're paying for that? So I think that could be quite an interesting thing. I also quite like the idea of because they're often described as like goblins or like dwarves mm. or gnomes or whatever. I quite like the idea of maybe the maybe the red caps are sort of were originally goblins or gnomes or dwarves that have somehow been like corrupted by in a sort of like Wendigo style, you know, mm. you commit some sort of horrible deed and it transforms you into a red cap, or maybe like, you know, there's a whole idea of like Wendigo, they get possessed by like winter spirits or spirits of starvation. Maybe like a spirit of violence or a bloodlust or something like that mm-hmm. infects the victim. They, they open the door through their evil act. So I could see that as a as a sort of interesting. Maybe you do a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde story on it. Maybe because they describe moonlight is what allows them to be born in fifth edition. Maybe this um, local. Dwarf killed someone on the sly, and every time it's a full moon in a sort of werewolf styling, he turns into a red cap, merrily goes around a murdering, wakes up in his bed the next morning no real evidence of it or maybe he's covering up the evidence and he doesn't know why he's waking up with blood on him but he's unaware what's going on so you've got the interesting dichotomy there of like yeah they committed whatever the original evil deed was but did they deserve to be turned into this creature and are they responsible for the acts that they perform Mm. whilst they've turned into this creature I think that could be pretty interesting.
1: Mm. You've also got obviously the uh, broken down castles along the Scottish border as being a really interesting setting. You know, I, I mean, that's just begging for a sort of a horror game with people camping out there, like in um, Dog Soldiers. Oh, yeah. Or uh, what Where's else could gone? you do with it? It could also make for like an interesting story for if you've got a Cthulhu game, is it, that has an archaeologist as one of the character classes? Y- yeah. That yeah. could make for quite an interesting story to pitch for that character. Yeah. Um, go and investigate this spooky Scottish castle. Oh, there's some red caps and something undescribably
0: evil. I think as well. Like it's interesting you mentioned spooky castle because I think you could use it for a nice sort of bait and switch here. So obviously, mm. if you say, "Oh, there's a there's an old ass spooky castle and like a big battle took place nearby and loads of people died," now recently, like farmers in the local area started going missing or whatever, the players are going to be like undead ghosts Mm. and maybe they turn up there and it's not undead or ghosts it's these red cap. but maybe the maybe the the acts of violence was so depraved in this bat that like the blood that seeped into the ground is still giving rise to the odd red cap even years later and yeah okay most of the time they can't get their hands on anyone they just pop out of existence but okay recently for some reason one of them's popped up and he's managed to keep himself going maybe he's like become a bit more powerful like in 3.5 or maybe he's just been lucky who knows uh um, and perhaps his violence has given rise to more red caps. So there's now like a whole, I suppose, burgeoning community of murderous red caps. So, like, uh, in the style of like the horror film, you know, where you've got like the old sort of like Hick family who are sort of like being raised up and murdering people and eating them or whatever. Maybe you've got red caps doing the same. So the players go, they've got the cleric tooled up, ready to turn undead. They go in, and there's a load of like these sort of hillbilly ass, like murderous red caps there. What do they do? I think that could be quite interesting because the clerics turn undead ain't going to do this against the red cap. So I think you could do that however i would advise if you're going to do a bait and switch like that you should definitely put some clues that it's not just undead because if you if all those of misleading clues lead people to think it's going to be undead they tall up they take all the holy water they spend all their money on silver cruise and whatever they rock up and you're like actually it's red caps they're probably going to be a bit and off with you to be perfectly honest but if you seed some clues through maybe the players will work out that it's not undead or maybe they um they're able to sort of crack that mystery and that will give them a great sense of achievement and if they do crack it they can research well what do we know about red caps what other creatures could be doing this and that could be quite an interesting thing for a sort of a more investigative character to get involved in and have their time in the small line.
1: hmm And similarly and you could also adapt this myth for like a sci-fi idea oh yeah, uh, yeah you could make it some sort of a well asexual life form that reproduces very quickly that eats an awful lot well in um... you know like a triple but with bigger teeth
0: well in, in um, <laughs> like Games Workshop the orcs in like Warhammer 40,000 mm-hmm. they reproduce via spores and basically the more orcs there are and the more because when they shed spores they sort of terraform the place where the spores land so Mm -hmm. the first thing's born from like your squigs and your goblins and stuff like that Mm. and then as it sort of terraforms the place later on orcs start being born and the more orcs there are the more powerful they get they sort of stimulate more of these spores to like create orcs so So they're pretty similar yeah yeah Yeah, I think that could be really interesting Um, obviously also if you wanted to have your characters go into the Feywild or the realms of the fairy perhaps the red caps have been sent to sort of clear the way for unsealing Fail or something like that maybe they're like their assassins or their brute mm-hmm. squad that they're sending forward to clean out the castle so the fae can come and claim it so that it could be like the first stroke of an incursion from the fairy realms maybe when the red caps disappear if they don't commit murder maybe they actually just wink back into the fae realms maybe the player characters can follow them if they needed to perhaps the the red caps have committed loads of murder but actually they've been sent on some other mission by their fey superiors and they've actually taken someone back with them into fairy like kidnapped them maybe you want to follow them and try and rescue that person there's quite a few possibilities with that Mm -hmm. or maybe as in the case of uh, William de Solis and his legends about his red cap familiar maybe a a particularly bloodthirsty sorcerer or wizard has managed to or maybe a, a warlock who's got a pact with the fey has managed to summon one of these creatures as they're familiar thinking oh great i'll have this really hard combat fake. but now they're like oh i've got to make sure they kill someone every three days perhaps you're ironically you're hired by the warlock who's like "I i can't get rid of this this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I need your
1: help to like help me find some way of getting rid of it. Well, yeah, and it does present an interesting ethical dilemma because who are you to say that the Red Cap doesn't have the right to continue its existence? Yeah, and if the only way to do that is to keep killing people, yeah, maybe it's better to provide it with suitable people. But then that's a whole other ethical debate, isn't it? For uh, your characters, uh, you uh, could get some really interesting role play out
0: of it. Yeah, and I think what what I really like about the Red Caps, as mm-hmm. depicted. In D&D is the fact that they're not, although they're, just, they're portrayed as sort of like these violent killers, they don't just kill because obviously they do enjoy it, but they don't just kill because they enjoy it. They literally have to kill someone every few days mm-hmm. or they cease to exist. And I'm not saying that makes them sympathetic because obviously they're, they're murderous killers, but it makes them understandable. Because if, if they were just like randomly violent creatures who turned up and like started murdering, you could be like, oh, well, yeah, c- kill them without any moral dilemma, that's fine. But these creatures literally have to kill for their survival they can't a a red cap can't just turn around one day and go do you know what i've had enough of killing i'm not going to do it well they can but they will then cease to exist and i can't picture any species not having at least some sort of self-preservation instinct
1: so picture the player group going through the forest when suddenly they're ambushed by some horrible villainous guy who's got all the mojo so he can beat the entire player party and then a red cap peers out of the forest, cuts this guy's throat, dips his hat in the blood and asks if he can join your party
0: yeah, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? I mean at the start you may not know that this guy's got to kill someone every three days but if you accept him in the party it might be quite useful, He's quite tasty in combat but is it worth having him like murdering someone every few days I mean maybe if, if you're fighting lots of villains constantly, maybe it is, maybe you can just make sure he gets the killing blow on a villain but where's the sort of moral line, how, how comfortable are your players going to be with that?
1: So hopefully we've given you lots of good ideas for red caps there
0: yeah thank you very much for suggesting that joe we hope you've got some good ideas out of that episode and you found it useful now if you'd like to get in touch with us maybe suggesting a subject for a future friend or foe friday episode as joe did you can drop us a voicemail on speakpipe there'll be a link in the description of this show or you can send us an email the address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com until we see you next time take Take care, stay safe and keep gaming.
1: Bye!